a lot of times it's really starting to look at them like, all right, well, we're going to chase the feeling that you want and not the goal, right? Because if we chase the goal of 25 pounds of weight loss, we're missing all these things that are going to align for how we want to feel when we get there. So if we focus a lot on implementing the habits that are going to help us feel the way we want to feel at that 25 pounds weight loss, and that 25 pound weight loss will come along with it. When we focus on the habits and the feeling and the actions and our daily lifestyle and aligning all those things to that, then that 25 pound weight loss is going to come, but it's also going to stay with ease. Are you burned out? overwhelmed, not managing stress well? Have you lost that fire for a profession that you loved? Are you a physician that trained over a decade for a career you now resent? I'm Dr. V and I'm a burnout survivor. I call myself the Harriet Tubman of healthcare because I'm free and I'm coming back to get you so you can be free too. Let's move from fed up to fixing it. Although I'm a doctor, this does not make me your doctor. The information on the podcast, including opinions and recommendations, is intended for informational and educational purposes only. Such information is not intended to be a substitute for the advice of an appropriately qualified and licensed physician or other healthcare provider. Good afternoon and welcome back to another episode of Office Visits with Dr. V. It's me, your host, Benita Bernardo, lovingly known as Dr. V. And you guys, last episode, I talked to you about how we're really going to be focusing on lifestyle changes and how that can be used instead of medications, instead of crash diets to really optimize our health. And so we are not stopping. Here we go. I've got a wonderful guest. She is a functional nutritionist. She is a personal trainer. She is a coach. She is a mother. She is a wife. And she is in line with Dr. Bernardo. She is in line with Dr. Bernardo. We think similarly as far as the power of lifestyle. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce to you all Brooke Rossi, NTP Brooke Rossi. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. I'm excited to have you here. We're both interested in or specialize, I would say, in women's health. You all, she has a podcast, The Power of a Woman, The Power of a Woman, and she's got lots of good info. She just did a an awesome podcast with her husband about stress and the nervous system. And so I am, I don't want to repeat the podcast, NTP Brook, but uh, I would like to kind of touch on that because one of the pillars of uh, health of lifestyle medicine is stress management. And we know that stress, we think, you know, okay, being in traffic or having a lot to do at work is stress, but it's really so much more than that. So first, let me let you introduce yourself and then let's get into what you call energy management, not stress management. All right, go ahead, Ms. Brooke. Yeah. So I have been in the industry, you know, in, in some way, shape, or form for over 15 years. I started as a personal trainer and about midway through my career, I went through a couple of pretty traumatic things and felt the impact of my body pretty quickly. My hormones went off. I gained 20 pounds in a really short period of time without any, you know, justification from a nutritional standpoint or workout standpoint for why that was happening. 
And I really started to look at like, my gosh, the, you know, for so long I was looking at that this is just diet and exercise. And there's this whole mm-hmm. other piece that was coming into play in my own body. And despite how well I was eating, I wasn't, I felt like I was fighting my body essentially. And I wasn't wow. getting what I wanted. And I started to really dive a lot further into how those things were really influencing how my body was feeling, which led me down the path of going back to school to be able to bring in the functional supports for our clients and be able to offer lab testing and things. But through that time and through conversations with my clients and things, I was seeing so much of women just feeling frustrated and stuck and just in this like hamster wheel, of like always trying to do the next thing, but never really stepping back and assessing like, how am I feeling? And like, am I really feeling the way I want to as you know, not just physically, but like my lifestyle is everything around me feeling the way I want it to. So that's really what kind of brought us to the way that we work with women now is really stepping back and you can have those goals, right? You can want, you can want those things, but really stepping back and assessing like, what is it about that that's appealing to you? And what are the things that we need to implement so that when you get there, because I've watched too many women lose, you know, 20 some pounds and still feel the way that they felt before. When they really, got yes, 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 yeah, it's really more to me. It's about you know, I don't care about that component as much as I care about how you feel when you achieve that. And if everything feels really good to you, you're operating your best, your energy is good, then that's the most important piece to us when we're diving through with clients. How does a paradigm shift like that um, affect your clients when you go from I'm not just losing 25 pounds, but you know, how do I feel? How What do I want my life to look like? Yeah. It's the question behind the question a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, people are like, well, I want to lose this. And I'm like, well, why is that important to you? And then it's the things that we tell ourselves, really assessing like, well, I want more confidence maybe. You know, maybe I want to feel there's a time in my life when I was 25 pounds lighter and I remember how I felt then and I want to go back to that feeling that I had then. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not that 25 pounds as much as it's what we think that 25 pounds less is going to bring us. And so a lot of times it's really starting to look at them like, all right, well, we're going to chase the feeling that you want and not the goal, right? Because if we chase the goal of 25 pounds of weight loss, we're missing all these things that are going to align for how we want to feel when we get there. So if we focus a lot on implementing the habits that are going to help us feel the way we want to feel at that 25 pounds weight loss, and that 25 pound weight loss will come along with it. When we focus on the habits and the feeling and the actions and our daily lifestyle and aligning all those things to that, then that 25 pound weight loss is going to come, but it's also going to stay with ease because mm-hmm. the sustainability. I've never had a client say, I want to lose 25 pounds, but I don't care if I gain it back in six months, right? They, they want, they <laughs> want to keep it up, right? Well, that's the most important right. thing. Right, right. Well, you know, here on Office Visits with Dr. V, I don't have a script just for this particular reason. We're supposed to be talking about stress management, but I have a question. Uh, if you're really focused on the feeling, you know, how does that change the health plan? Like say, you know, I'm Dr. V and I want to feel more confident. You know, what does that look like? Does that mean I, I get in the gym more? Uh, give us an example of how you would approach that. Yeah. We really assess when we're looking at a client, we'll go, we will do functional lab testing based on the symptoms and things that we're experiencing with the client. But then we will start to assess what are some of the lifestyle habits? You know, are you sleeping appropriately? Are you, we'll get into the energy management piece too, and talk about like, are you managing your energy and managing, you know, or the stressors that you have in your life? And what do those look like? 
And we'll really start to look at too, what does your nutrition intake look like? Are we eating an appropriate amount of protein in the day, fibers, you know, vegetables, colors? Are we getting all these things mm-hmm. into our nutrition so that we can thrive and feel good from that standpoint? But then also we really want to look at those little missing pieces and then, all right, we're going to take it layer by layer is how we bring it in. So instead of tomorrow, I'm going to expect that like all of a sudden you're doing this whole host of things differently. Tomorrow we're going to focus on one of these things. And then the next week we'll focus on another one and then we'll bring it in. And that's how we bring the sustainability, but also the confidence because the confidence isn't going to come when we're 25 pounds lighter. The confidence gets built through the journey of us getting 25 pounds lighter. And right. the we keep to ourselves. And the things, you know, when we say, I'm going to do this, that we commit to ourselves and we follow through in doing that. And you're much more likely to stay committed to yourself when you're giving yourself achievable focuses versus if you're trying to do everything by tomorrow you're going to lose confidence in yourself, but not because you weren't capable, but because you tried to change everything overnight. And it was a lot to take on at one point. Right, right. Baby steps, baby steps. I'm smiling because, you know, this morning, well, what? Happy February, everybody. This is February 1st. But I posted this morning because I just committed that I'm going to get up. I do an early group, 5.15 and 6 a.m. with my clients. And then I said between 7 and 8, I'm going to get out and work out. And uh, this morning it was cold. It was rainy. And my post says it was cold, rainy and early, but I kept my promise to myself. And so you're right. That does build confidence that that allows me to say, you know what? I can do hard things. And it was hard, y'all, getting up this morning for sure. So I like what you're saying. And for my listeners, again, we are we're talking to Brooke Rosie. She is a functional nutritionist, personal trainer. Uh, and a coach. Uh, and let's get into the energy management yeah. as opposed to stress management. Yeah. A lot when I say to people, you know, what's your stress like? People will say like, well, I don't really have any stress. And then we'll get working together and we realize that there's like this whole host of stressors that they have. <laughs> and I am finding a lot with clients that we are so used to our stress. We don't always perceive it as a stress, right? I'm used to the fact that I have a five-year-old and a two and a half-year-old and the capacity that that takes for me to manage a five and a two and a half-year-old, right? I'm used to owning a business and those stressors. So that's nothing new to me. But if somebody were to come into my life and take over my life tomorrow, they would probably not be used to that. And it yes. would stop to them. So I like to ask clients, like, what is your energy like? And really start to assess like, you know, how do you feel about going about those day-to-day tasks? How do you feel about sitting down to play with your kids? Does that feel like a daunting task to you? Or does that feel like something you're excited to do? Because when we're talking about stressor, stress isn't always just mental. It's also physical. And especially when we're talking with women, we sometimes run into, and this is not everyone, but a capacity issue, right? We try to give Uh of ourselves. Uh We don't recognize our capacity within that. So I really try to reel it back in with women and start to assess like, all right, I want you to look at your week ahead and I want you to look at the things that you have on your plate and really assess the energy that those things are going to take from you. I know that right now in this stage of motherhood, being a mom is taking more energy out of me 
then uh-huh. then maybe in other stages. So I know that I already have, I think of like a cup of water. Every time I've got a little bit of energy that's getting taken, I'm going to pour some water in that cup and whatever space is left in that cup is the amount of space I have to take more things on in my life. And there might be times in my life where I have more space in that cup and there might be times where I have less. So I really have to right. kind of assess what is my capacity And that means I might look at my week ahead and see I've got three events this week. My husband's going to be gone. The kids have something going on. So my capacity or energy to take extra stuff is going to be limited. So then I'm going to look at next week and maybe it's less. So I've got more capacity. So when we're looking at the extra things we're committing to, we can say like, oh, I can do that next week instead, right? And that's how I can set boundaries with myself. But how I can also look at from a movement standpoint, a nutrition standpoint, where I'm going to need support. Because I can look at, I've got a lot of stuff going on this week and my capacity is limited. Probably shouldn't be doing some stressful workouts that are going to take a lot more capacity out of my body. Maybe I need more restorative this week. Maybe I need some help with getting food prepped this week. Maybe I'm going to order some food that's already prepped for me this week since I'm not going to have as much time to cook it. Or I'm going to do easier meals. Thinking of little ways that I can like flex and flow with how my life is going. Right. Right. So pre-Dr. V, before um, I stopped practicing obstetrics full time, instead of measuring my capacity, I would just stay up later. So I would get it all done and, you know, I have to do notes and all of this stuff and check labs. And so I would get all of that stuff you said done, and then I would stay up to one or two o'clock in the morning. Uh, and then I'm trying to figure out, okay, I'm burned out and I'm tired. And uh, I, I know people do that. You know, we just say, instead of saying no to something, we just kind of pack it all in and then end up sacrificing ourselves. So um, I love how you say that there is a capacity. There is just only so much that you can do. So We're giving you all permission to say no, to respect your boundaries. Uh, So tell us about like how nutrition uh, and exercise can help us with our energy. I really like to relate it to, you know, from an exercise standpoint, exercise is a stress at the Uh end of the day, right? And we're trying to induce a certain response out of the body with the stress that we're applying. And that's not a bad thing. Stress, the word gets a bad connotation, but it's not a bad word, Right. Exercise should match the external stressors that you have and internal stressors that are going on. So I always like to say we have some foundational need and then we have the detailed stuff that we can bring in. The foundational need first is you just need to get moving. You just need to walk, move your body consistently. We call it the need. So it's non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So essentially like supporting overall metabolic function. So Sometimes with clients will say, I just want you to start tracking steps and just walking consistently and start building up to a certain stage of movement and just conscious, okay, I'm sitting at my desk for two hours. I'm going to get up and just move a little bit. Energy brings energy, right? So the more energy I'm producing, the more energy I'm going to have to do things. And then we can start to layer in. Strength training is going to be really, really important for women. So I usually will say, you know, if you could get three times a week of strength training in, where we're building and supporting metabolic function with lean mass, we get hormonal benefits from strength training. If we can build that in a few times a week, then that would be amazing. And sometimes we think we have to be in the gym six times a week and you don't. Mm-hmm. Three times a week, great strength training and move your body well, then that's the base foundation. All the other stuff we can bring in as a benefit 
you know, as we have the capacity to bring more in. Right. From a nutritional standpoint, we do the same. We always say like, we have to have these foundations in there first. I would like to relate everything to building a house. I could build a house and just like stick some sticks in the ground and put the walls up and it might last a little bit until there's a storm and then that house is not going to stay very well. So it's the same thing with your diet. You need to have a good foundational base so that no matter what happens, you always know you can go back to that foundation. So you could focus on this specific diet or these macros, but at the root, you should have a foundation of quality protein intake, which is going to be important for a multitude of things, but blood sugar regulation, your daily satiation. And we think of energy. We think of the more regulated I am during the day, the more satiated, the more my energy is going to benefit from that too. Protein is one of the most important ways that we can support that. Fiber intake is one of our main foundations as well. You have to poop on a daily basis. You got to poop to regulate your hormones. You got to keep everything moving. So um, we always will encourage fiber from whole real food sources. Mm -hmm. Um, So your fruits, your veggies, all those things that can come in. Um, fat intake, especially for women. I grew up in what I would call like the, the, um, snack wells generation. So (laughs) I like those little chocolate cakes with the little, with the marshmallow and (laughs) tasting, but the best for us, they had all the fat taken out, you know, artificial sweeteners. Go ahead. You grew up in the snack well generation. Well, we forget too how important that is for our hormonal health. Yeah. And you got cholesterol to help feed. So that mm-hmm. is also, you know, going to be an energy source for us. Calorie equals energy. So we yes. forget often I'll have women come to me and say, like, I have no energy in the day. And I'll do a food intake and they're eating like 12, 1400 calories a day. And I'm like, you're eating mm-hmm. as much as my five-year-old daughter, right? So if you are a 36-year-old woman who is like grown and functioning. You need to eat to your body's like, you know, capacity and what you need to be able to do the daily mm-hmm. energy that you're requiring. So sometimes we're not feeling good with energy because we're simply just not eating enough. That can be right. Good. Right. Just to follow up on something you just said, you know, uh, I do annual well woman visits and around 39, 40, you know, I like to start saying I'm having the talk, you know. Your body is going to start changing and you're starting to lose muscle mass. And, you know, we start getting that that tummy around the middle, which is very, you know, distressing, especially for some of us that have never had problems with weight. And so I love how you talk about strength training from a from the standpoint of, you know, metabolic activity because muscle is active. So let me just ask you a question. I'm going, 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 going. I don't respect my capacity. Um, I have a lot of stressful things in my life. What's happening to me inside? Am I going to just crash and burn? Will I get depressed? Like, what's going to happen if I really don't take the time to manage my my distress? Yeah. Not necessarily stressed, but yes, distress. Yeah, I love that word. You know, it's... A multitude of things. I always say it's like a slow drip, right? So if I hold, I've got this supplement sitting here. So if I hold this in my hand, just like this for a short period of time, it's not going to do a whole lot to me. It's not going to feel too heavy. But I, if I sit here and hold this for hours and hours and hours, this is going to start to feel pretty heavy and it's going to start to weigh me down. Mm-hmm. My body is really smart. Your body is going to do whatever it needs to do to keep up with you know, what you're demanding of it. 
but your body is going to have to start to sacrifice somewhere, right? And Mm. um, what can start to happen is it's going to start to take priority in the things that it's going to start to sacrifice. And I like to describe to women as, you know, you have like survival technically, and then you have procreation, right? So sex hormones are, yes, important for procreation, but also they give us energy. They support function. They support a multitude of things in the body. But we don't need to procreate if our body's really stressed out. Your body's really stressed out. Your body is not going to prioritize healthy, optimal sex hormone function. Right. You're going to start to feel that slow drip start to come in and maybe like maybe baby brain or mom brain starts to come in or the cognitive function. You walk into a room often, forget why you were there. Those are some of like the early things that people see fatigue, exhaustion, midday crashing. Maybe you start to experience anxiety can be one that comes up often too. Maybe you have a hard time sleeping at night or you're waking up early in the morning without any reasoning for it. Cravings can start to come in or the opposite where you just have no appetite whatsoever. Um, And then digestive function can start to get impacted. Your immune response can start to get impacted. You can start to see that you know, maybe you're getting sick more often, or you're even getting like food sensitivities that you didn't used yeah. to have before. All yeah, those things can start to come in. You better preach. Listen, <laughs> you're all the things you are you're listing are things that people go to the doctor for, and they want to appeal for, and they want to appeal for it. And you know, y'all know I'm I'm well. I love medicine. I love the practice of medicine. I always wanted to be a, a physician. But y'all know I have an issue with the way we're trained and I have a problem with the way our system is going. I can't get to all of the problems in your life as far as the distress that you're experiencing to tease it out and say, you know what? No, you don't need any Prozac. You need to sleep more, you know, or you need to kind of pull back some of your responsibilities. So um, that is why I have a podcast to share with my patients, my listeners that we have more control over our health than we think. And we know that 80% of uh, diseases can be controlled with our lifestyle. Okay, so just give us a list again real quick. If we don't manage our, our distress, we can have, I'm gonna start with one, anxiety. Yeah. Give mood us a, another. Mood instability, your cycle can start to get impacted, your PMS, mm-hmm. the mood swings that you get around your cycle, digestive dysfunction can start to come in, food sensitivities, immune responses. You can start to get sick more often or start to have more gut issues because of that from your immune mm-hmm. system. Uh, cognitive function can start to go down. You can get forgetful. I like to describe it as like if you've ever been driving somewhere and you just like forget what you're doing when you're in the middle of it. Overextending yourself. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, thank you for definitely bringing that up. This is very simple stuff. It is just very simple stuff. And as an OBGYN, I can't tell you, you know, I I deal with infertility and I treat infertility and I always, and I tell patients this and I don't know how to help them do it. I say, you have to relax, you know, don't get all stressed about counting you know, days and, and, you know, one of the ways that we're taught to predict fertility or where you're ovulating is to check your temperature, which I hate because people get obsessive and they don't need all of that stress in their brain. And so, you know, for any of you all who are listening, who potentially have issues with infertility, you know, stress does play a role. 
And so I know it's, it's easier said than done, but trying not to focus. A lot of people get pregnant when they don't want to get pregnant because they're not thinking about getting pregnant. <laughs> so that's how that works. Yeah. One thing that we can do today, I like how you say we're going to take baby steps. And I like how you say we have to have a foundation. Like these are just the things that we have to have as far as nutrition and exercise and capacity. One thing that people can do today when they stop listening to this podcast, yeah. give us one. Yeah. The first thing that I would say is just start to assess how much protein you're taking in in a day. A lot of women experience cravings, you know, random snacking, mood, you know, up and down. So start to assess how much protein you're taking in a day. This is the number one thing we see women under consuming when mm -hmm. it comes to intake. Mm -hmm. uh, I usually, you know, give a general range. This can vary from person to person, but you should be taking in around 30 to 50 grams of protein per meal. If you're eating three meals a day. So no, definitely no less than hundred grams of protein, you know, for a woman. That's so, a lot, NTP bro. That's a lot. Okay. It okay. Like, it sounds like a lot, but sometimes we're thinking of like, oh, in top of what I'm already taking in, but sometimes you're not going to have the cravings and things for some of the stuff that you're taking mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. if you're eating an appropriate amount of protein. So the first thing I say is like almost start to eat in priority. Protein first. Build your meals around your protein and then add all the other stuff in that you want to have with it too. Okay. So in lifestyle medicine, we are plant-based leaning. So we recommend a plant predominant diet. How do you feel about plant protein um, versus animal protein? Well, both can be very beneficial. So, you know, you can get a lot of, you know, sources from an animal protein that you need to take in, but that doesn't mean that a plant protein is not going to serve you just as well. The only thing I caution to avoid when it comes to plant proteins is the processed plant proteins, like, mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the created ones is what I would say, but you can do plant proteins really, really well. Plant-based protein powders, just make sure you're checking to make sure that there's not a lot of heavy metals and things added in. There's a third-party testing done to it. But your combinations of proteins that you're putting together too. So if you're going to be doing like tofus, tempeh, things like that, make sure that they're coming from like an organic source when you're yeah. taking those in. But you can combine those and center your meals just around that just as much too. So even if you're going to add in fish or you're going to do seafood or things like that, you can partner that in. And the partnering of a lot of your foods put together yeah. to be really, really beneficial. All right. Well, I like to hear that. We've got a problem, y'all. There is too much to do and not enough time. Your personal life takes a back seat to a profession that you have spent decades training for. Your calling seems to be burdensome in a system that does not prioritize your well-being. You do not have to live this way. When you take care of patients, who takes care of you? I'm Dr. V, a burnout consultant, and you need me as your personal coach. I take care of the healthcare provider that takes care of everybody else. Go to officevisitswithdrv.com and click on the coaching tab. Schedule a free discovery interview so I can learn more about the life that you need to be fulfilled. So as we are closing out, you have a really great resource. And we're going to have it in our show notes of 10 things that we can do to what? 
It's the 10 habits that we would encourage any of our clients. When we're working with someone, we work in two phases. Phase one is where we're really working through a lot of the stuff we discussed today, like our foundational needs. And then phase two is when we would get into like their detailed stuff. If they have a body composition goal, fertility support, whatever it is, that's phase two. So the handout I have for you guys is just the 10 things that we would encourage any client in that phase one program to start working through. We give you little tips of why and help encourage little ways that you can start to incorporate it into your day. Awesome. Awesome. Can you give us two that you have on the list? Yeah. Y'all got to sign up for the whole 10, but she's going to give us <laughs> two. Thank you, NTP Brooke. <laughs> yeah. The first one I would say is sleep. Like it's overlooked and undervalued way too often. It's the number one way that we can support anything we've talked about from an energy standpoint, blood sugar standpoint, so sleep. I will always say like, try to set a regular consistent time. And we start to create a little bedtime routine. So like if I want to be asleep by 10 p.m., then we kind of call it a 20-20-20 method. So from nine o'clock to 9.20, I'm going to finish up whatever I need to finish up in the house, whether it's send the last email, finish the dishes, whatever. Then that's my hard stop at 9.20. From 9.20 to 9.40, I'm either going to take like an Epsom salt bath or I'm going to brush my teeth, wash my face, get my jammies on, you know, the standard bedtime routine. And then from 9.40 to 10 is what we would call like restorative time and electronics are off. I'm either journaling, I'm reading, I'm doing some breath work, some meditation, something that's going to help you, my parasympathetic, and get me okay. into more of a regulated state so that I can support more quality sleep in that time frame. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And you all, they, she and her husband have an episode where they speak extensively about that, uh, stressing your nervous system, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. And they were talking about cold baths and Epsom salt. We were supposed to talk about it, y'all, but we don't We don't have time for that. You have to go check out the episode. So to leave our listeners with some hope um, and, and leave them with the knowledge that they can do hard things, I know that you said you've been here before and you basically have created this life and you're helping other women. What are some words of encouragement that you can leave with us today? Yeah. The biggest thing I think that helped me because I've been in the rough spots and I've been in the messy middle multiple times in my life is just, you know, know that there is a way through and to really ask questions why to start to get curious. And Mm. I think I've always been a little bit of like a rebel with things. So I've always just been curious and always asking questions. So get curious about yourself. Get curious about, you know, where you're at, your habits, all of those kinds of things I think can really start to assess like, well, why do I do this this way? Or why do I feel this way? And it can really help you to start to assess what areas of your life you want to start to implement some changes in and mm-hmm. start to take things one little area at a time and just know that your pace is going to be your pace and that all that matters. You don't have to compare. Right. Right. And, you know, also to piggyback on that, we don't, we have to understand, we don't have to live like that. Like, we don't have to live stressed and tired and exhausted. Uh, And our spirit knows, our spirit knows that we're stressed, tired and exhausted. And they're like, well, you do something about this. Um, So, you know, again, we're giving you all permission um, to put yourself first and and really, as she said, get curious and figure out, you know, why, how can I change this? So uh, I'm really, really thank you for coming on today. We are definitely aligned as far as how we serve. 
Um, tell us how we can, um, how my listeners can keep up with you. Yeah. Instagram's probably the the easiest. So if you want to shoot me a message and just say, hi, it's at Brooke Rousey. My podcast is Power of a Woman. Those are the two um, biggest areas. And then I think you'll have a link um, that they can click through. Those are the three easiest ways to get a hold of me. All righty. Well, I know you all learned something today and let's go out and try to apply one little thing that we heard today. And even if you don't apply it, I think we got you thinking. So thank you again, Brooke Rousey. Functional nutritionist, personal trainer, and coach. And um, I cont- I would love to just wish you the best as you continue the work to serve women. Thank All right. We'll see you guys next time on Office Visits with Dr. V. Thanks for listening to Office Visits with Dr. V. I would love to stay connected. So please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Office Visits with Dr. V and on LinkedIn at Benita Vernado. MD. Share this information with your friends and colleagues. Like and subscribe. You know the drill. Also, go to office visits with drv.com backslash connect and leave your email to receive updates on everything that Dr. V is doing to introduce you to your new life.